Welcome back and thanks for joining us for this second hour of Travel Riders Radio on Melbourne's JE88 FM. Graham is a little bit under the weather tonight and so I'm just helping him out a little bit because he's very croaky. I'm Helen Hayes, so hello to you and welcome back. Graham, of course, has been away on assignment for a week in Macau and I'm sure he was glad to get out of cold Melbourne for the warmer delights of southern China but I doubt he laid by the pool. (laughs) He and about 20 other journalists from around the world were invited, along with meeting and conference planners, to rediscover Macau. Travel writer Mike Smith from Sydney was also there, and he shared with Graham his expertise on the destination that he worked on for about 10 years, promoting Macau through the Government Tourist Office. Here's Mike's version of My Macau. Well, I've just returned from Macau, and uh, that, of course, is a special administrative region, uh, part of China, uh, next door to Hong Kong, and actually, at that point, across the water from uh, Shenzhen, another Chinese province. There, I was fortunate to meet a doyen of journalism, a man who uh, has been around many years and uh, was former president of the Australian Society of Travel Writers, in fact, is a life member there, Mike Smith. G'day, Mike. Afternoon. How are you, Graham? Fabulous, mate, and uh, great to have you there with me, a bit of a guide. Now, why I wanted to talk to you today is that you've got a pretty special relationship with Macau. You've represented it from a public relations point of view and communicated with us about it over the years. So uh, I hope you'll be happy to share with us your Macau, because uh, I guess we got a a particular version of it from... uh, our host, the Sands Lifestyle Group of Companies. They run integrated resorts in Macau. I think you spent 10 years there, Mike, didn't you? I was 10 years with the Macau Government Tourism Office and enjoyed every minute of it. In fact, the one thing I really like about my Macau is exploring the, um, the side streets, as we did one morning, testing the food, the street food, around the back streets near, near Sonata Square and the ruins of St Paul's. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and it's just one of the joys of you know you can get lost there easily, but find your way out easily as easily as you got lost. And um, I always suggest to people lace up the boots, get out there and see the real Macau on foot. It's not a big uh, city, in fact, um, it's one of the uh, one of the smallest cities to explore because there's very little room to to get around. And I'm, I'm talking about the peninsula on the Macau side rather than the Kotai side where we saw the big integrated resorts over the past three or four days. But even counting everything, I think it's still only about 30 square kilometres or something, isn't it? Yeah, 30 square kilometres and there's a population of nearly 700,000 people living in that small area. In fact, when they um, reclaimed the land for Kotai, Macau doubled in size. It's just incredible. It just gives you an idea of how large that area is between the two islands of Taipa and Kolawan, which is which are also part of Macau. Right, and they sort of virtually filled in a swampy area in between, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. You can actually walk between the islands now. Oh, okay. So, it, and is Kotai pretty much dominated by the sand properties? In fact, it was sands uh, that coined the term Kotai. They tried to work out what we're we going to call this area that's between the two islands. So they got the word Kolawan and Taipa and, and formed Kotai. So they, they coined the word uh, Kotai, 
and uh, now it's part of the geography in Macau that Kotai is an actual area. The Sands Group, for people who don't know, is a Las Vegas originated group that was owned by Sheldon Adelson. He also happened, and I met him in the 80s, he happened to own a technology, a large technology event called Comdex that really took over uh, seven big major hotels and the convention centre of uh, Las Vegas. A huge show, went on for 10 days, and he sort of there, I think, built a premise that you could develop integrated resorts that relied upon the mice market, the meetings and the incentives market. And this is exactly what they've done in Kotai. How many hotels do they have uh, off the top of their head, Mike? Under the umbrella of, um, of the Kotai Central, as they used to call it, you've got the Twin Towers of Sheraton, you've got the Conrad, you have the new Londoner, which is a story in itself, yeah. uh, which was once um, a Holiday Inn, believe it or not. Oh, uh, in, well, it's far in from fact, a Holiday Inn now. It, I know. They, what they did is they doubled the size of the rooms and made the Londoner an all-suite hotel. So that's, that's incredible. And then you've got the St Regis and then um, the uh, Londoner Court, which is a, a smaller boutique-style hotel at the back. That's just on one side of the Kotai Strip. Yeah. And, of course, you've got the Venetian on the other side, the Four Seasons and the Parisian. So you've got a lot of hotels there to, uh, and a lot of rooms, plenty of rooms. Yeah. Now, uh, the Sands Group own those brands you haven't heard before, Londoner, Parisian, Venetian. But the others mm. are either operated by or managed by uh, Sands Group. It's Yes, and it all comes under the one umbrella. The, the, the three major precincts are, right. are Sands. Yeah, well, they certainly turned it on for us, Mike. They certainly did. But one thing we did enjoy on our trip was our little foodie tour that, that morning. We were yeah. able to explore the back streets and, and eat as the locals eat in uh, one little cafe, which was a family-owned cafe that had been around for 40-odd years. And uh, we sampled the food that was... Uh, typical uh, Cantonese, uh, Cantonese breakfast. We have Everything. a donut, I, re- I recall. I don't know what's the, that's not what they called it, but yeah, a Chinese, Chinese uh, type of donut, and the sandwich. Yes, well, I, I suppose that's uh, that's got a bit of a European touch to it. But the one thing I enjoyed about that walk was the um, sampling the medicine, the herbal medicine that the oh. Chinese make for uh, <laughs> people who um, have have a few problems. So you basically go into this. This shop, I can't, I can't stop laughing about it. You go into this shop, you poke your tongue out, and the woman behind the counter determines what's wrong with you and offers you a concoction. Uh, what did you have? Oh, I, I don't know. It tasted horrible, I, didn't it? Right. I watched one of the girls close it, uh, shut her nose, and uh, drank it through a straw. It was that um, awful tasting. I thought cough mixtures taste a lot better than yeah. this. And then there was another one that was. Uh, uh, glutinous, uh, jelly-like. Uh, oh. I think that was a bit hard to get up the straw, but... I, th- I think that girl suffered. <laughs> yeah, that was a girl from Germany. Uh, but look, it was all fascinating. It was all part of the uh, of the fabric of the place. Um, it's a beautifully clean uh, city, actually. Oh, yes. Uh, the old the old part of town. Uh, what about the, uh, the 155-year-old business that we stumbled upon? With oh yes, um, they started selling coconuts, 
and suddenly they stumbled onto uh, this is a family business been through generations of one family and then they created this coconut milk ice cream and it was absolutely delicious it was and for people who watch their sugar intake like me it was absolutely perfect yes absolutely didn't have any of the normal level of sugar Yes, I mean, it, it was just uh, one of those delights. And it was good to speak to the, the son or grandson about um, carrying on the business. There was talk about expanding into other areas, but I think it's good the way it is. Just a little pop-up uh, shop in the middle, in the back streets of, of Macau. And as I say, it's been there for 140-odd years. They, they've changed locations, locations a few times. But um, this is one of the beauties. Macau's an interesting city in the fact that it's a tale of two cities. You've got the Kotai and the, the big casino resorts, entertainment resorts, and you've got the real Macau, the old Macau, which has earned UNESCO World Heritage listing and hopefully will remain that way. And the best way to explore it is on foot, unless you want to um, be a bit of a daredevil and um, go up the Macau Tower and get another view of the city from the uh, from the skywalk that you actually do outside the tower. It's a bit like Sydney Tower, isn't it? Yes, it looks like Sydney Tower. You can actually walk the uh, circumference of the tower. Harnessed, though, harnessed and make sure that you're, you're safe and, and um, it's all under the AJ Hackett branding. But if you want a, a bigger thrill, you can either climb the mast up a little narrow ladder or just take on the bungee jump. You as, can't uh, jump a couple off this thing, can you? Oh, yes, you can, with the bungee around your ankles, thank goodness. It wasn't on my agenda. We got an awful lot to choose from. It was like a Chinese menu, basically. <laughs> um, we, we had six or seven things at least every day that we could choose to do, and yeah. uh, we did that in advance so they could organise things, which was, which was good. Oh, look, I did enjoy walking around old, old Macau. It's, it's streets are beautifully paved with tiles, aren't they? Yes. They've got, they've got a marine uh, a theme. If you look at the tiles, it's, it's the wavy Wait, rocks around it? Sonata Square. Okay. It's got that marine. And, of course, Macau was named after the goddess of uh, seafarers, Amar. And, of ah. course, there's the old Amar temple there. And, of course, the Portuguese developed into becoming Macau. And it was so, on the uh, spice route for the Portuguese, was it? Yeah, it was on the spice and the silk route because Macau was part of Guang, Guangzhou. Right. Or Canton, as a lot of people remember it, Guangdong. Yeah. And the Portuguese, they never colonised there, believe it or not. They were invited by the Chinese to come and live in that little corner of, of China in those days. And, uh, okay. and it makes it very interesting that uh, while a lot of other European nations colonised, they were invited and it became an, a Portuguese enclave instead. Yeah, well, you do see mixes in, in the race of uh, people on the street, don't you, that... Oh yes, absolutely. Clearly, they've got European features as well. Yeah, the the Macanese, and they're considered indigenous people in in Macau, right. and that's the cross between the Portuguese uh, Indians, because the Portuguese went to Goa on the way around from from Europe, and Chinese. Yeah. So you've got this really lovely mix of people. And and food, the, fu the UNESCO recognised the fusion food. Didn't oh yes, yes. And in fact, some of the dishes I recommend you try over there were um, uh, minchi, which is mincemeat with an egg on top, which is very Portuguese. The little uh, Macanese egg tarts, which are not as sweet as Portuguese egg tarts, but uh, it's a cross between the Chinese and the Portuguese. Right. And the pork chop bun, which is more the leaning towards the Chinese side. 
And in fact, you've got to be careful because the um, there could still be a bone in that bun, so you've got to be oh. careful eating that one. You don't want to break a, break a tooth. The Hong Kong dollar is accepted there, but Portu- uh, Portugal... Um, Obviously, had a, a currency of its own when it uh, when it was operating there. Is that right? Yeah, it's the pataka. You can still use the Hong Kong dollar in Macau as well as the pataka, and they're about on par. I think the Hong Kong dollar is a little bit stronger. Yes, yeah. not much difference. Yeah. But the pataka, a word of warning, that when you're going back to Hong Kong, pataka, you can't use spend the pataka in Hong Kong. Right. So a lot of people do get the exchange rate. They do exchange into Hong Kong dollars when they go to. Macau, knowing they're going back to Hong Kong, and they want that little bit of extra money left over to spend there. Another interesting point about Macau, with the old and new, it's through the new that now Macau has about 20 Michelin star restaurants. Now wow. that, that's that's incredible number for such a small small place, and a lot of those restaurants are in the uh, in the casino complexes. And there's one interesting one. I don't know whether you noticed the building on the other on the Macau side. Uh, resembled a lotus. That's yes. the Grand Lisboa. And in that bulb at the top is the Rubichon restaurant. And they have the largest wine menu in the world. Wow. It's something like 1,200 pages thick. And wow. uh, you okay. could spend the whole day reading through that through that uh, menu of wines. Right. I think Rubichon is also one of the top rating restaurants in Singapore. Yes, yes. Well, it, it's three-star in, um, in Macau, and I imagine it's the same in um, Singapore as okay. well. Now, for people wanting to go to Macau, we flew Cathay Pacific. Uh, you were out of Sydney, I was out of Melbourne. Very comfortable, I must say. There's also a little bit of a trick to physically get to Macau if you fly into Hong Kong. Yeah, it, that's an interesting trick now because it's only just been introduced four weeks ago, and that is that you don't need to leave Hong Kong Airport. Uh, go into Hong Kong from the airport to have that transfer to Macau. They have a service where you um, pass over your luggage, hand it to the uh, coach company, and they'll transport you all the way through Macau without without having to go through Hong Kong uh, immigration. Of course, you've got to go through Macau immigration on the other side. It's very similar to the, um, the ferry service. It's a similar setup, and in fact, the the company that uh, created this system is the uh, ferry service as well. Now, the interesting thing about it, I don't think either you nor I saw a casino while we were there, did we? No, I didn't. I didn't go in one. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I made a, mis- made a mistake. I, I used one as a shortcut to get from one side <laughs> of the Venetian to the other oh, okay. and did not stop. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, well, I guess just make the point that if you're not into casinos, which I'm not, you could go and have just quite a fabulous holiday. Whether you choose to stay in the old part of town or the new part of town, certainly if you like shopping, and if you oh. go with uh, if you go with Cathay, you actually can get two 23-kilo bags as a luggage allowance. I mean, there are fabulous... Every shop you could ever imagine in fashion is in and around this Kotai area, all the big brands. Yeah. And, Mike, just finally, would you say it's a good family destination? Yes, Definitely. I think kids would be intrigued with the old Macau for starters. Uh, they wouldn't be intrigued with the walking around everywhere, but to walk through an old fortress, to go through the museum, the Macau Museum, uh, there's lots of little areas of the old Macau that would appeal to the children, but also the Kotai. I mean, these resorts are geared for families, and there's huge playground in uh, Parisian, 
in fact, every resort has a uh, an area that would entertain the kids. Sort of and, a water uh, park almost, uh, isn't it? Yes, and, and then you've got the pools. It's as if you're on a on a holiday in the uh, South Pacific. You just sit around the pool and enjoy that. And you know the food they cater for children as well. There's always westernised food. I think the thing um, that strikes you first about Kotai is when you drive down that main street, which is a three or four lane divided. Well, highway is probably not the right word, but it's a divided road. Very well manicured. You see Big Ben outside uh, the Londoner. You see a one-quarter scale of the Eiffel Tower outside the Parisian. And the Venetians got gondolas floating around inside and outside. Uh, oh, there's also St Mark's Square. So there's, a, there's an Italian-style tower there. Um, and and thousands of rooms. Like Venetian alone's got four thousand rooms. I think there's probably would it be over ten thousand rooms in in the hotel. Oh, uh, easily, easily. I think they're. Um, I can't remember the figures, but there's something like twenty eight thousand room hotel rooms in the Kotai area, right. which is just unbelievable. We were told that the it, this city, I suppose, city state of Macau has the most five-star rooms in the world. It overtook London. Does that yeah, sound well, right? Is it the well, most it, per it, population, it, or how do you...? It, it sounds right, because look at, the size of the, um, look at the size of the venues. Travel writer Mike Smith speaking there with Graham Kemlow.